everybody, and welcome to Zio, a Soccer Rangers podcast. We focus on conventions, cosplay, and nerddom in general. I'm Robert. I'm the Red Ranger. I'm Cole. I'm the Green Ranger. And I'm Tyler. I'm the Black Ranger. And guess who's joining us tonight? It's... I'm DJ, the Yellow Ranger. Ooh, enthusiasm. I like that. I like that. How you been, DJ? Oh, pretty good, pretty good. It's always good to be back here with the rest of my Ranger buddies, because... Most of us live quite a few, quite a few miles apart, perhaps even states or countries apart. So it's nice to one thousand thirty-two miles. What? Jesus, Pete. Well, I guess that's not too bad if you split that up. That's what about? So the day and a half worth of driving. Yeah, I was going to say about a day and a half worth of driving. Ball it, and Mikey probably do. Tyler and I know this for a fact. Yeah, I mean, the main problem is having to go through customs. You'd pick up a day if you didn't have to go through customs. Yes, if you, ever see, if you ever see Cole in person, go and ask him why we call him Stumpy now. You probably won't get fucked off for it. He can only count to nine. No, I, I, I thought it was, no, I thought it was nine, uh, nine and three and a quarter. Oh, don't even get him started on quarters. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the third? <laughs> Cole is going to murder us all in our sleep next soccer con. That's all right. There's plans plans. within plans within bidding of the herd. (laughs) Well, well, that's going to be kind of hard for me because I usually don't. (laughs) You you just broke up really bad there. We couldn't hear any of what you just said, DJ. I said, well, that's going to be kind of hard for me because I really don't sleep that much. That's true. You're normally at the like the uh, the rave and everything. So, well, the rave is usually. The, I mean, I used to do that a lot, and mainly it's just for me. I just because it's only four days, I want to maximize my time there. So why the hell not spend twenty hours there, hours there, and get to know every cross every type attend soccer. So no matter what type of rooming situation you put into, you're not surprised by. I don't think you're ever supposed to be surprised. Like. Um, are you going to find There's yourself always... in a situation like that you're going to be like, oh, this person's something? Well, sometimes a little more different than you expect sometimes. I mean, the, the culture of soccer con has changed quite a bit, and the, the, the demographic of people that are in general existence is a lot more prominent than it used to be. And not that I have a problem with it, it's just a lot more than, you, than, uh, than I was used to back in the day. Nowadays, it just, doesn't, it just doesn't surprise me that much anymore. What he's really saying is, dude, I smoked way too much Gandalf the Green, and I have no idea what's going on around me. No, I can understand exactly what's going on. So, so since I just watched, uh, just rewatched Fellowship of the Rings, and I realized they point out that Gandalf smokes a lot of weed. Mm-hmm. Well, there's actually, well, there's actually a white, there's actually called Gandalf. I smoked it last week. <laughs> of course, no, 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 of course there's gonna be there's gonna be a weed that has every single reference to some kind of culture it's, it's, already. It's a it's a it's a it's a it's a, uh, it's a cross of um silver silver haze and white widow. Yeah, no uh, so don't don't try to like make me impressed by how many different types of cultural references. No, I'm not going to because I know that you know that there's a lot of them. I just was mentioning this one in particular yeah. because last week. <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't have. It's funny, said. actually. But if you actually think about it, everything that the hobbits smoke is essentially weed. Not essentially. 
is. Yeah. It just, it is. They call it weed. They call it uh, Hobbit Herb. Hobbit oh. Green. Yeah, I know. They're just like, yeah, this is the best weed we've ever had. It, like, they blatantly say that <laughs> in the, in the you know movie. The joke, you, know, you know the joke about uh, the Arthur? His name is R.R. Uh, Token. He's in Token all the time. That's where he came up with everything. It's been a joke since the books came. But it'd be a surprise. Well, there you go. The, yeah. Only yeah. two P words. Yeah. Only uh, one, of the, one of the only P words that Seth MacFarlane understood should be plot, but instead it's pot. But he can write a good musical. He does write it. He did write a musical. No, not just the movies, just the musical numbers he's done in his TV shows. They may be about crazy, pointless, and sometimes absurdly uh, crass shit, but it can be. It's quite well formulated compared to all the other garbage. Pardon me. I feel like you don't like Seth MacFarlane. In certain capacities, you do. In other capacities, I don't. If I hadn't grown up with a grandmother that introduced me to what British humor was at a young age, I probably wouldn't understand what other types of humor there were besides crass. Oh, that's that's a shame. There's tons of like it's like you've never watched Mel Brooks or anything. No, I've seen a lot of other stuff. That's what I'm saying. Is I've seen so much other, but so many other people haven't. Sad. Yes. Yes, life is sad. There's people that can make you laugh by saying fuck, but there's also people that could make you laugh by twitching their eyebrows, like uh, Rowan Atkins. Does anyone here besides Rob know who Rowan Atkins Yeah. Mr. Bean? Yeah. Do you know he was one of the fastest guests they ever had on Top Gear? I don't know. He's... There's been so many Top Gears, I, I don't even keep track of them. But like The original yes. British. The original British production. Is, there's still lots of Top Gear in the original British production. There is, I think it was uh, the... Uh, God, wasn't there like... Is it 15 seasons or more than that? No, 20, there was 20, there's 23 to date, and the, there was a, the, the, the most famous group together for almost... Yeah, so it, it's, it's a long... A lot of episodes. It's hard to keep track. It's hard well, to say what's what. Well, it was one of those ones that they've brought up a couple of the different... Been in best ofs and stuff like that, and it's also one of the more common ones that's also been other teams because you might know about it. Sorry, that's my other side. I, folks, I'm also besides liking anime, I also like and know far too much about automobile. But don't ask me to fix your car, I might know what's wrong with it, but I won't fix it. For a fair point, but uh, I guess this is a, as good a time as any to go and talk about the uh, real reason on why you're over here today. Uh, you see, DJ has uh, many interests, many talents, um, does many a thing. So he is here today to go and help us out by going and offering us a spoil-ridden version of the My Little Pony movie review. DJ, please take it away. Wait, no, what? No, wait. <laughs> I want to I go watch it. I don't want to be spoiled. Don't spoil it. What's DJ, wrong? spill everything. I, I'm, I'm, Every I'm, dirty I'm, detail. <laughs> I'm gonna spoil this. is a good term for it, Rob. Text me when you're done, because I'm going <laughs> AFK. Do you know? Do you know how? Do you know what spoiled Squid X? And he was? muted himself, and uh, <laughs> and it's over. And how to use it? Jam and just about anything else. Do you know why they call her Fluttershy? <laughs> You're going to find out some serious facts about that. I'll tell you that. It's <laughs> fluttering all right, but it certainly ain't that shy. 
Midnight? Oh, boy. Yeah, that's a black hole, all right. <laughs> you might fall right in if you're not careful. Oh there was about 30 gay guys running by when I saw her. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt that, too. That's what they called the race, right? Right to her bedroom. <laughs> oh, my God. Pinkie Pie, you want a cupcake? Oh, God, you're probably never going to touch one after this. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm off that shit for life. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this I was not expecting. <laughs> oh. Go for it. Yes, I vote. <laughs> You wanted the you wanted the, you wanted the details, so I gave it to you. Yes, yes, you did. <laughs> that's what they said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was our spoiler-ridden review of My Little Pony, the movie, according to DJ. Uh, God only knows if any of that shit was actually in the movie, but I'm sure he saw it anyway. <laughs> oh, oh my God, that was welcome back, Tyler. <laughs> that back. was amazing. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> you, you missed you some good shit. Do I, need, oh. do I need to send you a? Do I need to save somebody else's life with gorilla tape? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Just wow. That that was something else. Ugh. I, I I hope the audience is able to hear most of that over my inappropriate laughing because I don't think I hit mute at all. <laughs> you didn't. <laughs> Oh, just damn. Uh, anyway, anyway, so replicate it, but I can't. Yeah, no, no, that will that will never be replicated ever again. That was just something different. Whew. But uh, yes, yes. So the real reason uh, why DJ wanted to come on has uh, surprisingly less to do with My Little Pony. And uh, more with uh, what I would say is his love of anime more than anything else. So uh, DJ wanted me to go and ask you guys a question here. What 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 is an anime character that you think is really the pursuit of an ideal? Somebody that's willing to go and put everything out there to go and get uh, what he's fighting for. And characters that you identify with for those merits and qualities. I have no idea what this ties into with anything, but he's, he wants me to ask these questions, so I'm doing it. Tyler, you go first. You guys get I gotta go first? How come I have to go first? Because you, you ditched on call the those Because you, you ditched you on the You have anime corner. That's why. Okay, <laughs> so what, what was this question exactly? Say it again. <laughs> yeah. DJ, go, go, and, go and lay it out there. You you speak uh, better than I do. You look at, when you when you look at an, the anime universe, we know that there are many characters out there that are willing to uh, that have an unbreakable drive for whatever ideal. A lot of the shonen characters, yes. Yeah, shonen, and sometimes otherwise, but mostly shonen. But of all the universes in within those of ones you've watched, what do you believe are characters that you've always either enjoyed or feel like have drawn inspiration from in your own life? And in what way do you believe you personified that kind of devotion? Uh, that's a... That's, that's loaded. That's, hard. 
That's a loaded question. That's why I told Rob to ask you last week. Yeah, that wasn't going to happen. That's, uh... <laughs> that make I, it too easy. <laughs> I almost have to say I don't. That's honest. Yeah. I almost have to say Honestly, I Honestly, I think I'd have to agree on that because I really don't see any character that I personify. Or just maybe, or just what characters have you enjoyed then? Make it easier. What characters have you enjoyed with? I have always enjoyed that kind of anti, anti-hero. What's, what's the uh, protagonist who's also sort of an antagonist? What did he call that? Yeah, you're right. It's anti. It's anti. It's anti. No, antagonist would be the would be the villain. Yes, yeah, I know. So it's anti-hero is about as close <laughs> as you're going to get to that definition. Yeah. I've always personified that, if that's anything. Yeah, uh, it's the character who is like sort of good, sort of evil. They're kind of in it for their own thing, so they'll do the good thing when they can, but then they'll also do the kind of the bad the thing sometimes. Sword. Yeah, I mean, I'd call yeah. that an opportunist personally, but. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, well, that's uh, Batman. well that's chaotic Batman. neutral. Yeah, well, that's, well, Batman, Harlequin, um, Batman's not that character. Batman's a good character. He's yeah, no, he he's just an anti-hero in the purest okay. definition. Okay, he's a Wolver- he's a vigilante okay, in the purest definition. Okay, Wolverine works. Wolverine works. Yeah, he's kind of yeah. in it for himself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wolverine. I mean, he'll he does it Deadpool. for other people, but he'll never let you know. That Definitely Deadpool. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, no, Deadpool definitely fits that. Vegeta, yeah, for the most part, up until more yeah, recently. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah, he's always. I mean, at first, I mean, a Piccolo. I mean, he's only recently shown that he has more of a heart and always cared for Gohan and stuff like that. Uh, Zoro, um, one Zoro from One Piece. Um, there's, there's, there's Zoro, the the actual like I know it's not anime, but actually Zoro. Yeah, the actual Zoro character himself, or they draw from, is that way. That's why it's stretched. But I mean, there's a lot of the stuff that exists within that. Um, you guys have known me now. Rob has known me for God. It's going on. Don't almost, God, Rob. It's going to be tw- ten years. So. Yeah, I know. I'm so ashamed uh, of myself. You no, know, 2007. It is. Yeah, to this year is the t- this year is the. T- yep. Yeah, we're probably right around that tenth anniversary. Yeah, 2018, 2008 was when. Uh, Oh, wait, but why'd you ask that question? Yeah, that's the real question. <laughs> now you well, just the got on you asked that question is because have you guys ever felt like, from what you've if you've known me for a long time, if you've noticed that I have a bit of a fiery determination towards the convention, well, Cole's seen a little bit of it. Cole, you remember? You seen your what now? Um, my his fiery determination. His penis. Oh my God, Cole's seen a little bit of it. No, 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 no. Yes, yes, oh. yes, yes. Yeah, don't okay. try to correct the don't try to correct the record now, DJ. Okay, this is a mean person podcast. All right, then. Then we're going to admit the fact that it was twelve and a half feet long and it was a medium heavy action. And I bought it off a of Craigslist for forty five dollars and it had a damaged lower guide that I had to repair with Gorilla Tape. Yes, I remember exactly. Well, that is one hell of a penis. That is one hell of a penis. Well, recently about. A week, about two weeks ago, the big giant reel that was on that rod got its opportunity to go do what it was designed to do. My buddy Jacob hits me up about 11 o'clock in the morning on a Wednesday. I'm supposed to go pee out, fish the Piop River for a half hours or so. I probably only slept like hours, but not watching the usual thing. Um, 
and uh, he calls me up and lets me know that uh, the tuna trip he was supposed to be going on that evening has just recently opened up a spot. And I'm like, okay. So for you guys who don't know, tuna fishing in Washington is not something we get to do all the time. Only available during certain flow. It's a rare opportunity, and it's also not a very easy obtainable one. You ha- usually have to, you have to travel quite a ways off the coast. Most of the so, time, about- I feel like this story is going to the place of you shot a fish. No, 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 no. It's far more entertaining than that. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, then continue. I guess. No, you use dynamite. You're gonna be. You're gonna be. You're gonna be scared of my determination when I'm done telling the story. Then tell the story. Hurry up. I get to do the parts. And- and for those who know Enough me, life, and those who know me in real life, I'm a, just let me just set the tone for real quick before I get much further into this. I'm not a big guy. I I don't consider myself a big guy. I'm five foot eleven, and on a heavy day, I might five nowadays, which is comfortable, but pretty scrawny for. Anyway, so. My friend calls me to ask me if I want to go on this trip. And instead of it being $600 ahead to go on this trip, he's offering me a chance to go for $160. And I'm like, well, I'm going to go fishing all day. I'm going to be worn out of shit. But you know what? This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I've been wanting to do this for 20 years. I'm going to do it. Hell with it. So hooked up with him, met up with his friend at, at, a, at, at his house, met up with uh, his friend is uh, this guy who's basically like his uncle. He's known him since he was like two. This... Uh, Short round guy, about five, probably about five, five, and probably about three, uh, three foot wide. Typical fisherman. Typical fisherman. Also an RN, and uh, and also runs a care facility for old folks. And he had a bunch of his friends, and uh, me, him, and my friend Jacob were the only ones from Washington. Everybody else was from like Montana, Wyoming. We had a couple people from New York. Um, but anyway, so we all went out to um, Aberdeen, Washington. Come as you are, as the sign says, and that is that is supposed to be a reference because that is where he is. Uh, Kurt Cobain is actually from. For those we have an Aberdeen nearby. There's an Aberdeen, Aberdeen, Washington is where Kurt Cobain is. Cool. And a lot of his songs actually make reference. He hated that town with every fiber of his being. That was before it really became just crazy. like our Aberdeen. Yeah, well, what is your Aberdeen? My dad works there, so my dad is there, the administrator. And what is his thought of Aberdeen, Cole? He grew up there. He's fine with it. Yeah, he's fine with it. He's fine with it. But he's sad to see all the recent infestation of, do you guys have drunks or meth heads or both? Neither. We have a bi-problem with both. And sadly, Mm. they'll add We had drunks. Our Aberdeen is about five blocks. Uh, Aberdeen's small. It's small. Ours is ours is small, but sprawled out. It's a logging town. It was a logging fishing town in both industries and gone years. Yeah, ours was the the home of a grain. And as it's and as it's dried up, the uh, new recreation has become drugs. And sadly, it's not be, not just the pot industry. Oh, the- uh, that's most small towns. Well, this one being out, I, I would argue most small towns. <laughs> yeah, it's literally just like there's nothing to it's do. A in small a small town, town epi- so it's a small town epidemic, but I wouldn't call yeah. it most small towns. Like what is fucking warming? Like we have a buddy, uh, uh, Nigel. Like how much he's talked about it and just warming. 
It's like Warman's just north of Saskatoon. It's like a 15, 20 minute drive and it's small. It's as small as Aberdeen. And there's a, no, 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 it's not. Warman is a small city. Is, is actually has city title. Does Warman have a city title now? Yes, it's been. It has the same as uh, Martinsville. Uh, Martin and Martinsville's have, a city title now. Yes, they've been like, for several years. Ah, that's stupid. There's towns. Warman has a has a population of about about two hundred. Town. That's a town. That's a Warman town that one a, day will become a part of Saskatoon. Me and Rob would argue that point with a pointless city by the name of Gorst. I don't think it. Just, uh, I don't think it doesn't matter. I think oh you just God, go, yes. fill out the right paper form. Yeah. If, you, if you fill out the right forms, you become a city, even if you don't have enough people. And there's probably towns that are bigger than that. No, Gorst. Gorst is two. Gar- last I checked, was three car dealerships, a strip club, a junkyard, and a coffee shop. There's now two pot shops too. Uh, uh, that I am not surprised. <laughs> They are anywhere, dude. They're worse than coffee. Sh- the coffee shop. Well, how much residence does Gorn? 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 Gorse? 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 Three hundred and twelve people. There you go. Cole just said uh, Warman has two hundred. Aberdeen maybe has about a hundred or, or something. I'll have to look it up, but it's that, not very many. Is, is that during the warm season or the cold season, Rob? Because imagine they have a hooker, Mike. <laughs> You're no, probably right about that, but Warman that's the tax base. I that's the tax base. That's oh, all I know. Warman and Martinsville are like four times, like five times the size of Aberdeen. It probably swells to five hundred in the summertime. Yeah, I don't call them cities. They're still towns. <laughs> like you can still look from one side to the other in Aber- in uh, Warman. It's not a city. Can't call that it's got city. the title. Ah, titles. Titles are a lot of things. Cole. Look it up right now. Look how many people. I don't want to look up. I just don't want to believe it. I want to believe, not okay. to believe. And we literally had this conversation and, last time we were on the Way off course. Anyway, back to the point of what I was thinking. One day, oh, Martinsville on. will become part of Saskatoon, and then it will no longer be a city. It will be a uh, district, just yeah. so like back, Sutherland. Hold, hold on, DJ. Hold on a second. There's one thing that's got to be said at a moment like this. Random Canadian fact. Take a drink. Go, DJ. Run. Go. Go with it. I distracted him. Now, speak. Why are you not speaking? DJ, speak. <laughs> So, anyway, you guys, um, so back to the point at hand. So, I found out that I'm going to get to go on this tuna trip. When you go tuna fishing in Washington, most of the time you have to go off fairly or offshore, about 30 to 50 miles off, off the coast. Well, currents weren't very cooperative, and neither were the fish due to Hurricane Irma and a few other things. And also, as we were departing on Wednesday night, as I was bedding down, mind you, we departed at midnight. It takes a while to get to the tuna grounds. You can only move, you can, and we're only traveling at about 12 miles an hour. So 30 to 50 miles is a ways to go, but we weren't going 30 to 50 miles out. We were going 100. That's a long boat ride. Mm-hmm. So it was part. So I was on the boat. Started at when did the orgy start? Midnight at Wednesday. Um, midnight Wednesday. Okay. And when uh, when we depart as we're departing, I hear the cup cut captain mention to the deckhands, "It's going to be a wee bit bumpy." Uh, I should have taken. When that did as- the orgy start? I should have. They already said Wednesday midnight. <laughs> I should have taken that as uh, a sarcasm because. Uh, by about twelve thirty at night, I didn't have anything left in my stomach, and I spent the rest of my night either in a bathroom bent over 
or in, bent over gagging into the sink, or I was bent over into a bucket. Still just sounds like orgy talk to me. <laughs> Drinking water bottles constantly just to keep liquid in my It was absolutely... Still sounds like an orgy. No, no, that would act- that would have actually been fun compared to this shit. Jesus Christ. By middle of the night, I was so wet with sweat, you could have wrung out my, <laughs> my clothes and put them back on before I went back to bed. It was freaking horrible. And Still I, sounds like an orgy. You know, the, saving, the saving grace of this whole thing, Rob, I get into, we, we get into, the, you guys, we get into this cabin and we're setting up for the evening and at the night. And I'm with all these big, heavy fishermen. I'm going, oh, great. So what if, so what if I'm, even if I'm sick, I'm, there's no chance I'm ever going to sleep because it's going to sound like there's 30 motors, on, 10 motors on the boat, not two, because everyone's going to be snoring like shit. Next thing you know, the three biggest snorers on the boat pop out portable CPAP machines. I was like, ah, yes. <laughs> that was the one of the biggest saving graces of the whole trip is at least I didn't have to listen to op- listen to people sawing logs worse than worse than red. Believe me, Rob, they put you to sh- they would put you to shame. You know, I haven't been snoring that much recently since I lost all that weight. It probably helped. It probably helped unloaded your lungs and stuff. Yep. Now he's sleep. He even looks like even more of a corpse. Yep. Yeah. Now I'm silent. It's it's creepy. Trust me. I uh, I at uh, the last time I was at oh con, stood over him watching him sleep. <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> no, you. The, okay, one of the last nights at con watching him sleep. No. One of the last nights I I was sleeping on the couch bed and I Master. looked over and I kind of no, I woke up and I woke up for a few minutes and, and to, st- to stretch and I looked over and there's Rob balanced perfectly on his back on two couch cushions with his toes perfectly straight and looking straight up with his hands on his chest. If you you could wrap him in bandages and put him in a tomb. It was that it was that close. <laughs> I can see that. I can see him doing the corpse. But so anyway, that damn corpse you'll ever see, sailor. But probably, nah. Who knows? Depends on what part of the town I go to, right? Anyway, um. (laughs) Anyway, the uh, we we uh, as the day broke the next morning. I far from felt like I wanted to go fishing. And they, they, we started trolling. So what we do when we're fishing is they take these big, giant, bright-colored squid-type things, and throw them out, and we troll those along until you catch one on that, and it usually means there's a school of tuna near. You stop, and then you start throwing live little uh, anchovies out, about a little bit longer than your finger, maybe the length of your dick, depending on who you are. And uh, we, uh, and then the uh, the tuna come up and start feeding on them, and you throw out an anchovy hooked on your line. And mind you, the hook you're using is probably about the size of the tip of your thumb. It's tiny, like way smaller than what I was using for those sharks, Cole. Like a quarter okay. of that, like tiny, tiny. My, but the bait is long and skinny. Well, it's alive because if you use a big hook, it'll drag the fish down. The fish has to look alive and be swimming around. So you take that out and you feed it out, and all of a sudden you'll you either won't see it, or all of a sudden you'll see a dark shape below you, and then all of a sudden your line will start spitting off your reel, and you got to flip your either engage your reel by re- cranking it or flip your bail over if it's a sp- spinning stop. And uh, 
then the fight begins. The first fish that I, uh, I finally got up the strength a little while later after they'd caught a couple fish, it was going pretty slow. So I was like, I got better get it. I better get up here. I may not get another opportunity and I'm not going to waste this money. I got to get at least one fish. So I got up on the rail, started using some of the boat's equipment. I had brought some of my own, but I decided to use the boat's equipment to start with. First fish, grabbed the anchovy, and I got too excited and yanked it right out of his mouth. And it Second one, grabbed it, took off with it, pretty good-sized fish. Being used to catching salmon and stuff like that. And mind you, we've got 10 people on this boat catching these fish. And they don't just hold still. So you have to dance around people. It's like worse than combat fishing in a river because in a river when i'm fishing salmon around people when you get a fish going towards somebody you put your thumb on the spool you slow the fish down you control the fish you lift your rod and you go around the person but tuna fishing you rely on your capacity to hold on to the fish and hope it doesn't cross somebody and lift your rod and go over it but i didn't know that if you try to stop one it'll break your line five pound line is not strong enough to stop even a 12 pound tuna moving at 30 miles an hour they accelerate faster than a freaking rc car does it's like Trying to hold a hold a hold of a car or a motorcycle, better yet, or a bicycle going down a hill. So it took off. I tried to clamp the spool and go over a person. It snapped me off. So I said, "Okay, I'm almost out of energy. I don't know how much more of this I'm going to get at, and the fishing's not that good. So I better take my, the mess shot at the next round." You guys, there? Yep, we're still listening. Sorry, yeah. I just. My phone made a noise and it was all silent. I just wanted to make sure everything was good. Um, uh, Cole's doing it's, stuff. It's, it's, I'm still coming in clear too. So. Check. And, yeah, um, can hear you. Yeah, but anyway, so I switched over to my own gear. That big giant spinning reel that uh, that green, uh, green has seen me fish before. For those of you who don't know, I'm quite. A, I fish on a local pier near my house. I catch these things called dogfish. They're a small species. The reel I was using that day, its spool is about a little bit bigger than a softball to give you guys a frame of reference. It'll hold, for, it'll hold about 450 yards, 40 yards of the t- size uh, 25 pound line I was using. When I decided to use it, I finally hooked a fish. I set a hold of that fish, set the hook. That fish went straight down. We were fishing in a mile and a half of water. That fish took a 200, took a two, took two, Four runs straight down to uh, 200 yards apiece. And every single time it went down, all I could do was just sit there and watch the spool. Peel line. There's nothing I could do to stop it. I could turn the drag up a little bit, but there's I didn't dare try to stop it. If I did, it would either pull the hook or break the line. After about 15 minutes, which felt like, because I felt like crap, felt like an eternity, I finally pulled the thing in. And if you guys look on my Facebook there's a picture of that fish. It was a roughly 25 to 30 pound albacore. It's the biggest tuna I've ever caught. And it's, only the second, and it's the only second tuna I ever caught. And it cracks me up because I go all the way to Florida and I catch one the size of a Whistler football. You get sick for four hours and it's this little tiny thing. So to get sick for 20 hours, so it basically... For every I was sick for for every pound of meat I got off that fish, I was sick for an hour. <laughs> that's horrible, my goodness. No, but that's no, awesome though. Well, I'm sorry to hit, break it to you, alchemy fans out there, but equivalent exchange does not exist in the real world. Don't let anyone tell you it does. It's just an exchange, but it's never equal. 
Wasn't that the whole thing of the actual anime, though, that it was never actually equal in the first place? Yeah. Yeah. I guess you're right. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. and that's pretty much the way the real world is. Yeah. It's it's a brutal fact. I, and uh, But I'll tell you, folks, I may have been sick for 20 hours to catch that fish, but I'd do it again in a heartbeat, especially if I got to catch more than one. So basically that's what you're saying is you're one of your favorite anime characters. <laughs> Well, I've always seen that the, a lot of my anime characters willing to do whatever it takes to do it, and then within within reason, within real reality, why the hell not? If it's not truly putting yourself at that great risk, I mean, I did lose ten pounds in two days from yeah. First night I was up all night, nauseous, and the second night I wasn't nauseous, but I was just up because I felt like I had a knife in my because I'd thrown my back out from puking. And the whole second day, the water laid down. The tuna didn't. Really, the, as the captain said, I had the two biggest directional problems in the tuna boat you could have. The tuna wouldn't stay up, and my lunch wouldn't stay down. Say it's quickly becoming know. the most disgusting podcast we've ever had. Well, you did invite me, Rob. You kind of knew that. Yeah, I should have seen this coming. I don't know. I bought a router. Tell us more. I, bought, I got a router. It's it's battery powered. It uses, it's an eighteen volt battery. It uses the same battery that my drill and Molymax tool does. So I just what, pop what that on. It's a rigid, rigid brand. Oh, those, are, Home, those aren't bad. Uh-huh. Home Depot brand. Yeah, it's lightweight. And it's about two, just under two and a half pounds. So that when I hold it to do corners and router edges, then it'll be a, it's not going to be a pain in the ass. Because you got those big ass routers that like weigh five to ten pounds that you have to like move around a whole lot and just like it just there's a difference between a upright router that's what could you say that again dj you uh broke up entirely there i said i said there's a big difference between an upright router and a table router this is true because a, a table router is usually the heavy one. You don't want to put up on a, a whereas you have the lightweight one, put up onto a plywood on a rack and cut them and stuff like that. I remember one of my my uh, I think my uncle has both of them. They're both jets. They're both the same thing though, because you literally can just take your router and attach it to a table. You don't have to like. Yeah, they're all just routers. So it's it is better to have your your heavier horsepower router in a table so you don't have to move around, but. You could totally unhook that and move it around if you wanted to, but once you have a table, you normally don't have to like move it around because then you're just moving the piece around on the table, which is yeah, you're either moving one thing or the other. Well, yeah, well, it's it's much like fishing poles. As much as you can do multitask with things, they still have to invent different things in between. You know, just like golf clubs as well, some kind of something. I guess, I guess. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, I'm excited for that because maybe that'll. Uh... It's another. It's another way to get people's money, man. I'm a salesman. <laughs> oh, uh, I just, I just like it because it's another tool to have. Like you can just route things now, and you can like build oh, your no, own table routers. and then route. Them. No oh. routers. No routers are a legit tool. They, they, they do especially for cosplay weaponry and props and stuff. They're a must-have. Ah, yeah. Surprised it took me so long to get one. I'm actually surprised as well. So wait, 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 hold on. This is your first router? 
Yeah, you can always get a because, like, I had a Dremel. Like, you can literally do anything. A Dremel and a router are the same thing. That essentially, it's just you know the yeah, but a mechanism like by which it's used. And a and a Dremel's like this little lightweight, just touch up thing. Trying to do large surfaces with Dremel is a nightmare. And I've done it. Yeah. Oh, I don't doubt you have. You demonstrated. Wow, that shows. When you're 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 young and poor, you can only afford one tool. It's. It's what you get. You get the one tool, and then you make your whole piece. I mean, I I can't really talk because I've done the same thing, but I mean, wow. I'm surprised that this is your first, you know, with all your years working in the industry that you've worked in. I never Well, Rob, I only just recently got a hold of a couple of LCIs. I've been trying to get a hold of an LCI for 20 years. For those of you who don't know, if you're a fisherman, it stands for Loomis Composites Incorporated predecessor to G. Loomis Fishing did as a joint venture brother. Very well known. It was originally based on also was very well established. I, I was just about to suggest that we do drinking for random fishing facts, but that would just literally every so many drinking on and it'll only be like one episode at a time. Yeah, but at the same time, <laughs> exactly. It's just like it'd be like one well, episode. It'd be like nothing, nothing, nothing. One episode, you'd be doing fifty shots, and then nothing. nothing yeah, nothing. and you die, and then we don't have a viewership. <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing. You're dead. Yeah, we finally know what our viewership is like. We don't need to kill them all. <laughs> I don't do. I I don't do. I don't do large amounts of shots. I do a single beer and a dab and a dab that looks like a piece of spaghetti. A dab that looks like a piece of spaghetti. What? I don't. I don't understand. A dab, a dab that's a piece of spaghetti would be a line. It's called a line, not a dab. What? No, you. Well, we have a thing down here, Tyler, called shatter. It's a derivative of weed that's basically like rock hard. Roll it out like taffy, spin it into shapes. You can roll it out so it looks like a piece of pasta. And then you heat up a piece of titanium that goes to what looks like a bong. Drop that down about three times as strong as weed is. Most weed's about 30% is like 86 to 80%. Most people smoke a rice cream without about hours. Wait, wait, hold on a second. Is this shit legal? <laughs> oh, no, it's perfectly legal. They sell it at the dispensary. Okay, okay, just making sure here. Because I was like, wait, what? <laughs> no, I'm waiting for the day that they put a kibosh on it because it's because my friend's dad calls it heroin. <laughs> <laughs> this stuff is, this stuff, this stuff, if you're, it's like the hard liquor of the weed world. Regular weed is micro good regular weed is microbrew. This shit is like strong whiskey. And if you're not careful with it, it's like Everclear. It will literally it will literally knock you on your ass. Like Everclear I've, of the weed world. I've Oof. literally sat there, taken a dab, and then sat there and had to wait five minutes before I could open my eyes and I'll sit there. I <laughs> What the <laughs> hell? <laughs> And then I think he's really it. high right now. I, I, I'm not that high. I'm actually more crossfaded because I just finished an eight and a half percent Aussie. That, which, by the, which, by the way, that's the favorite beer of hunters. Then Kasi. I think it's really high right now. I, I <laughs> no, I'm perfectly crossfaded at a comfortable level. Actually, if I was far out of it, I would crossfaded, crossfaded. Uh, you know, there's drunk, there's high, but they're both intoxicated. Yes, but they are a different kind of high. When you mix the two, you have to learn how to do it properly. Otherwise, most. 
<laughs> aren't they both downers? No, they're both downers. So you shouldn't have to mix them properly. It's just a certain no, amount. You no, you do because when you're doing dabs, it's three times the strongest standard weed is, and the beer I drink isn't the flat Canadian beer. I'm drinking a flat eight Canadian beer. He says PBR, PBR, PBR. <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> for the record, for the record, for the record, I drink dollar twenty nine Genesee most of the time. But tonight, I'm drinking an eight and a half percent triple IPA because I knew I'd be on the program. I have to drink one that was six. Well then, <laughs> he's he's got a boast buzz eight percent. I just go down to the liquor board store well, and I'm drink gonna, it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for the record here and say that. If you think I'm a drinker, the people I was on the tuna boat with were drinking uh, paper coffee cups full of Crown Royal. Like, oh yeah, that's how you drink. Was it was it the uh, good stuff, the good Crown Royal? Uh, Crown XR, no, not XR. Uh, Harvest. Uh, no, just uh, I think it was Apple Crown. Ugh! What? Ugh! What? What? Regular and Apple Crown. I know they had a fifth of regular. They had a fifth of Apple, and they also had a fifth. And it kills me I wasn't able to enjoy dinner because the first night it was white Montana whitetail stir fry, and the second second night was uh Alaskan spot prime Alfredo, and I was too I was so sick I could barely keep down a fig newton freaking water bottle, let alone just smelling it in the stomach. Oh, drinking apple crown, of course. No wonder. There's your problem. No, I no, I never touched the alcohol. <laughs> you kidding me? I oh, there's your second problem. <laughs> oh, I, I, the only thing that probably helped me, the only thing that saved my ass, at least for the se- part of the second day, was the fact that one of the guys had a heavily medicated gummy bear. <laughs> and it gave me enough stamina to stand up. And halfway through, the day, that's when I realized my back went were off. And I realized my back was. I mean, this, this trip, honestly, I've been through hell. And, and for those of you who don't know, and Rob is only probably the only one in the group that knows this. This is not the first time I have sacrificed hell and high water for just one fish. Very most, very common, often than not, most of the time I go out deep sea fishing, I don't catch anything, but I catch one, and it usually costs me about four to 20 hours of my personal Every time. It's a given. It's just part of the exchange for it. And uh, most would, people would say, why the hell do you do it anymore? Stay in wise wife worth living if you just sit but opportunities pass you by, you can't let it stop you. The true reason to stop. Yeah, it's uncomfortable, but it makes a hell of a story, doesn't it? <laughs> hell I don't think anybody's gonna argue at that point. Life ain't worth living if you're if you're supposed to be people want to hear what your life is like, why not make it worth telling, right? True. There's your morals of the story, I guess. Uh, well, the moral, the, no, the moral of the story is: next time you go on a tuna trip, try to make sure it's not dropped on your head, so you get eight hours of rest. Maybe take a little bit better nausea medication, and pack more concentrate for your oil pen. You'll be able to keep level a rough day. And more than likely, it probably won't be that bad because from what I was under, from what I was explained to me recently. Our, our conditions were were actually considered extraordinary. The first part of the part of the slower than normal, and it was rougher. So most of the time, it's a lot better than. So as they say, once you hit rock bottom, you only have only one direction is up. Pretty much from what I can tell. 
that's going to be the case. That's most of my fishing experience. Unless you're on the sea and you're up and then you're down and then you're up, then you're down and then you're up. Yep. It, it was literally, to describe it to you guys, picture laying on a skinny little, like the, you know, the little, you know, the, you know, a bus, you know, a bus, how skinny that is. Mm-hmm. Imagine laying on a bus seat you lay on and then right about less than three feet above, two foot above your head. Like the basically where your backrest would be is flipped up into a bunk, and there's a guy laying above you. Thank God, the only guy above me was the tiniest guy in the crew besides my. I was very thankful of that because there was a lot of other people that I would have been scared to have over me. If you'd seen these bunks, you'd have wondered how they could hold a hundred and alone at two hundred, especially in an unstable sea. And anyway, this bunk was so narrow that. I am so glad I packed a cotton sleeping bag. And actually, at one point, I just decided to just sleep on the surface. It stuck me to the surface because it was so narrow that when we hit a large wake, quite frequently, it would try to kick me right off that bunk. So I'd be half asleep a couple of times and either get woke up by an nausea spell or realize I'm almost about to get chucked off my bed. It was definitely an interesting experience, to say the least. How are you still alive? That's my only question. How am I still alive, Rob? It's called root determination, and my body's been through this shit before. I think we've asked DJ that question multiple times in the past. It's something you will continue to ask me for the rest of my life, I assume, because that's just kind of the kind of person I am. Um, Rob knew once knew a person that was a very good friend of mine, and he would laugh his ass off of the story. Do you remember Bruce and Jill? Oh, yes. Bruce Craze. His last name was Craze, which sounds like crazy. Well, well, he kind of was a little bit, but you know what? He was one of the coolest people and most genuine people I ever met. And besides Rob, he was one of the reasons that I stuck it out in Port Angeles. It was a, they were an older uh, hippie couple that uh, went to the college that me and Rob went to. So you two know. Bruce was 30... 30 or was it? I, I don't know. I, I never talked to them about age. I Hell, I barely like, talked to them at all. Yeah, kind of weirded me out. <laughs> well, well, they might have weirded you out, Rob, but they basically became like my surrogate family. Oh, I know. I mean, I still remember the. Uh, I still remember the. Um, I we I used to go to their house and we'd go over there and we had study sessions and study sessions were absolutely wonderful. Only problem was that we usually forgot smoke before rather than after <laughs> so it worked to a degree but thank goodness we had a very sympathetic class we took classes we took together happened to have very sympathetic and the cool thing was that me and bruce and, and even same with jill we all kind of had similar mental dispositions so we all kind of worked off that's one of the reasons it worked so well is they they were i would never trade i i wish and sadly, Bruce was taken from me and the rest of the world. My about the following year in a boating accident, he flipped a canoe and a piece of firewood cocked him in the head. And hypothermia got him out. And late, didn't find out. That was the rough. That was a rough year, two thousand eight. And on that morbid note, thank you everybody for joining us. <laughs> 
I don't know how we recover from that, so we're just gonna end this. We miss you, Bruce. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> yes. Uh, anyway, so yes, check us out on iTunes and Google Play Music. We are really enjoying the new viewership there. We thank you guys for going and coming, and for some reason going and increasing our viewership and downloads every week. I don't know how it's possible, but thank you guys so much for that. Uh, we are also on SoundCloud if you want to see any of our first series projects from back when it was We Are Doomed. Got all of Zio on the other two. Uh, we also and are at on some point, I'm sure we'll get our cat, our old catalog up on iTunes at some point as well to get that back up there. Yeah, no, already working on it. I'm just going to have them all posted at the same time, but I'm, I'm just going to cut that out. So it's like, yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to go ahead and drop a bomb on all on everybody, including our viewers right now. Hopefully in the next three months, um, maybe yeah, it might be six at most. I'm going to be starting a starting up a vlog as a joint with the rest of the Ranger. Oh really? Just I like the I sound thought. of this. You're going to get to listen to me rant about all kinds of things, and I'll try to make I'll try to keep, I'll, I'll try to keep it somewhat tame. But uh, if it's something controversial, I can't promise it. <laughs> but uh, hopefully, it's entertaining for all. Please tell me we get to go and call it Trust the Ranger Fisherman or something like that. We can go and redo the Gordon Fisherman jingle. I feel I'm like thinking, there's I feel like there's too much parody potential here. I was thinking more of um instead of uh, I was going to be the Yellow Fin Ranger. <laughs> yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds so are like you ending this, Rob? Yeah, I know, I know. It's just kind of like, whoa, that that came out of left field. I wasn't expecting that. Uh, anyway, we are on iTunes. Uh, sorry, no, wait, I already said iTunes. Uh, we are on YouTube for all of our multimedia projects. Got some new ones starting up this month, thanks to our friends McKenna and Kat. Looking forward to those. So we're uh, we're having a great time. We're really enjoying this. Thank you guys, like I said before, so much for going and joining us with all of this. It's uh, been a really fun season, and I'm really happy with how things are starting to move forward with the group finally. So thank you again for going and joining us. Hope you have a great week. We'll see you next Monday. Bye, everybody.